Alright, what is up you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host Derek. Uh, Hopefully you guys had a kick-ass weekend. Hopefully uh, you got a chance to check out the playlist. I know it was a lot of street shit. If you did check it out and it wasn't for you, I get it. You're still fucking awesome. Um, Alright, I wanted to briefly recap UFC 218. Uh, So we were treated to some fucking amazing fights this past weekend and it and it started on the uh the prelims there were two fights in specific that i wanted to touch on uh the first being felice herrig and courtney casey uh it was just dope to me to see these two female fighters just standing and brawling i mean each of them were landing it was a very close fight uh felice herrig ended up edging it out by decision but I think both of their stocks were raised for sure in this fight. Um, and then, I mean, fuck, fight of the year contender. Uh, Alex Oliveira and Yancey Medeiros. Um, so right off off rip, uh, Alex has a broken nose, right? And then he starts, I think it was towards the end of the first round. He has Yancey, you know, just fucking fading and a couple of times I swore he was like out on his feet, but he stayed up and it was, you know, he lasted the round and then came back in and just was resilient as fuck and started landing on Alex and had him hurt. And then I believe it was in the third round that um, Alex Oliveira ended up folding. I don't know if it was because the pain set in and the broken nose or maybe an earlier body shot. I don't know, but uh, either way, fucking amazing fight, and and they knew it. Like each, um, each fighter before each round, fucking hugging. They knew they were fucking making history. The shit was dope. Uh, you guys for sure, if you get a chance, check that fight out. Um, and then now to the pay per view card. So Ticia Torres and Michelle Watterson, um. I didn't know much about Ticia. I believe I said that in my predictions, but uh, she just kind of muscled her way through Michelle Watterson. I mean, you know, some shoddy wrestling on the ground, but I think just off sheer strength, she was able to get by on it. And, uh, and that was really the only spot that I felt like Michelle had any chance, you know, it was by, you know, slipping her into submission. Because um, goddamn, she was... Uh, she was, Michelle Watterson was getting beat around on, on the feet. Um, she landed a couple of significant kicks and shit, but I, I just worry because no disrespect to Ticia, uh, but it only gets fucking more difficult from there. And if Michelle Watterson's having trouble with Ticia now, after being dominated by Rose, I don't know what her future holds. Um, I just hope she sharpens up. Uh, I don't... Her fucking kicks or some shit. Like, I don't know, man. She was just being outstriked. It it was pretty crazy. Um, So, good looks on Ticia and that victory. Very dominant. I was surprised. Blown the fuck away for sure. Um... And then Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. Goddamn, man. Another fucking brawl. Uh, 
it was it was awesome to see Justin Gaethje against some world class striking and just a world class competitor. Um, and it was apparent that his stand and brawl method just isn't going to cut it as you get you know higher up the ranks. Of course, it's amazing to watch. It's fun to watch, and it'll get you paid, but only to a certain extent. Like you need technique. You can't just stand and brawl and eddie i feel like proved that um don't get me wrong eddie got caught quite a bit but and and he definitely was fucked up at the end of the fight but man he was just picking his shots on justin and that was the thing that was very apparent i mean he was justin was doing it in the michael johnson fight but it was super apparent in this fight that he just goes into this this defensive shell and just kind of wraps his arms around his head and tucks his head down and just braces for the shots, and it's like, that shit's not gonna work, you know, because, I mean, we sh- uh, we saw fucking Michael finding his way, you know, finding shots through the defense, through the guard, and uh, Eddie was doing the same, he was no different, he was picking his shots through the guard, and, and fucking Justin's just sitting there absorbing them, and they do damage over time, I mean, Eddie, Eddie faced adversity, Justin was hitting, you know, landing the fucking leg kicks from the jump but uh he was eddie was still throwing he was still game man um so i don't know i mean it was it was an awesome fight to watch it ended by knockout from eddie alvarez um or tko technically i think because uh i think this was herb that was refing this fight but the ref stepped in and uh, it was after a knee that was landed just to Justin's head. I mean, fucking brutal, man. But damn, each of these guys are warriors. It was it was a fucking fight to see. Um, but yeah, that shit's not gonna work going forward for Justin. Um, an amazing showing by Eddie. God damn. Then uh, Henry Cejudo and Sergio Pettis. Uh, Henry looked just as dominant, well, not just as dominant, he looked just as sharp as the last fight against uh, Wilson Reyes, but I think it was just uh, Sergio's defense that made him, you know, it kind of leveraged out, and it was just, uh, it it was an awesome fight, but Henry wasn't able to show out the way that he was in the Wilson fight, um, but Henry ended up winning by decision, hopefully going forward, he'll be able to show off those skills more, um, Sario's just a, a worthy opponent, and he's young as fuck, has a ton of, uh, room to grow, so he's gonna be a problem going forward, um, but yeah, it was a pretty fun fight, not as fun as I thought it was gonna be, um, and then, Goddamn, Alistair Overeem getting knocked out by Francis Ngannou. So it was kind of what was predicted by pretty much fucking everyone. But Ngannou, the the difference was, I felt like if Alistair could get Ngannou down. Um, and I don't know, man. I mean, I I, I was thinking about this fight afterwards and I was like, damn, he should have taken him down or or shot for the takedown earlier, but this ended, mind you, at fucking a minute and three seconds, so it's not like he was taking his time, um, 
I just felt like obviously you need to neutralize that threat, bring him in close. But I don't know with so much power, you know, Francis is a, is a threat. I feel like from any distance, and he just in in one brief exchange ended up landing the right hand, and fucking Alistair was out flat as fuck, man. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be fun as fuck to see Francis and uh, Stipe. I. I wonder, man, I wonder how Stipe is going to approach the threat. If I, I, again, I feel like he's got to take him down. I feel like he's got to, um, neutralize the threat, get him tired, but that's easier said than done. I mean, cause obviously to get the takedown, you're going to have to risk shit and come in close. And I don't know, man, Francis is a fucking force to be reckoned with. Um, And I also wonder for Alistair what he does now Um, because he seemed like he was on a run. I know he's getting up there and uh, I don't know. I could see retirement coming within the next, what, two or three fights for him. Three might be pushing it, Um, but that'll be interesting to see as well. And then the main card, um, Max Holloway retaining the title. Jose looked awesome. I I really feel like he looked amazing, but he just allowed Max to lure him into this slugfest. And Max, even then, he was kind of luring him in. And it was a mixture of Max luring him in and then Aldo just wanting to come forward and being the aggressor. And uh, clearly, that's going to cost you a lot of energy. And I think even by the second round, Aldo looked, you know, it was obvious that it was wearing on him. And that tells your opponent, you know, like, I'm going to I'm going to sit back and pick my shots and let him tire himself the fuck out because he's not changing his strategy. So why the fuck should I, you know, and uh, Max got caught with a couple and, and Aldo was throwing everything, you know, all of his power behind each shot. It seemed like, um. But I don't know, man. I don't know why Aldo was so willing to just throw and try and get the knockout and not be strategic at all, you know, because maybe he knew that he, you know, for the fourth and fifth round weren't really an option for him because of cardio. So he was kind of doubling down on the, the, you know, the first and second round. Um, I don't know, man. He looked as good as he could fighting Max's fight if that makes any sense, and then obviously it's Max's fight, he still wins that shit, um, you know, so Max was just patient, lured him into exchanges, Aldo was throwing everything, uh, Max was evasive, moving around, and, uh, and just ended up in the third round picking Aldo apart, and landing, landing at will, man, it was, it was something to see, dope, uh, dope fucking fight, uh, amazing competitors. I wonder uh, what's to come for Aldo. I think he's he's also getting up in age, and I mean losing twice, man. That third title shot's probably a ways off. Uh, and Max just looking as dominant as ever. I don't know, you know, when he'll be stopped. Um, I think he definitely deserves a UFC in Hawaii. So I look forward to that for him. Um, you know, with him and Yancey Medeiros, uh, that would be a fucking amazing card, just with those two fighters, you know, sign me up, so I look forward to that, um, 
amazing title defense to Max Holloway and an all-around dope card for the UFC. Um, so now that we wrap that up, on today's topics, there are a couple lists. I mean, we're getting into that time of year where it's the year-end lists that you see popping up everywhere. Um, and they're fun. They're fun to go over and, you know, whether it be sneakers, music, clothing, you're reminded of all this dope shit that came out earlier in the year. I mean, shit's moving so fast. Every market is moving so fast now, just the consumption. So it's dope because, you, you you know, to go back and look over um, shit they released. So first we are going to go over the Grammy nominations for 2018 that were just released. And now I'll kind of give predictions and give my pick, I guess. Um, So for record of the year, we have Redbone, Childish Gambino, um, Despacito by Luis Fonsi, uh, the Story of OJ by Jay-Z, Humble by Kendrick, and 24K Magic by Bruno Mars. Um, fuck, man, who do I think will win? I think, I think it'll go to Redbone by Childish, and much deserved. I mean, the shit was just sonically so fucking different that I feel like, Fuck, then I want Kendrick to win for Humble. I don't know. I think Kendrick will win elsewhere. Um, I think Childish Gambino will win with Redbone. My personal pick is The Story of OJ by Jay-Z. That song was just so fucking dope. Um, And the video was goddamn amazing. Uh, Yeah, that's definitely my pick. But I'm not mad at all at Childish Gambino with Redbone. Um... Yeah, that song was just fucking amazing. That whole album, mind you, it was so far out sonically. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's probably my pick. I think Redbone. Um, next is album of the year, and we have "Awaken My Love" by Childish Gambino. We have "444" by Jay. We have "Damn" by Kendrick Lamar. We have "Melodrama" by Lord. And 24K Magic by Bruno Mars. Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say this is Kendrick's. Well, damn. Um, I don't know. I feel like album of the year. I think that's the pick, and that's also my pick. Oh, uh, cause. I don't know. Awaken my love gets an honorable mention. Uh, 444 obviously being I think 444 is huge as an album for hip-hop in general so 444 what Jay did was make he made 50 dope right like the age 50 he made he made age 50 dope in hip-hop where previously you know you were out at fucking what like 30 I mean for sure by 40 no one was trying to hear an album at 50, but then also I feel like hip-hop's just aging with Jay, you know, and, um, 
that's part of what makes the album so fascinating and its reception even more fascinating um i love it again i mention uh every time it seems like that i mention 444 i bring up uh m's um what the fuck is it now i'm drawing a blank but m's upcoming album um i'm hoping that it'll be just as introspective as jay's i feel like that's the move you know just just give us your life and be just open and introspective and and just reflect on shit i mean you've had a hell of a life you know you don't you don't gotta be you know rapping about gucci and shit like that you know um so yeah i think 444 is huge for hip-hop in general uh but my vote goes to damn and i think that's the pick uh and then now we're on to song of the year there is despacito um and it lists every fucking one's name ramon ayala justin bieber jason pooh bear i mean goddamn there's fucking 50 people riding on this shit and that's a lot of them really um but so that's so i'm just gonna name the fucking songs um despacito uh 444 uh issues uh 1-800-273-8255 the uh suicide hotline song i think that's also what it's like subnamed is the suicide hotline song um and then that's what i like so fuck song of the year um my pick fuck man it's hard to not pick uh logic suicide hotline song because that shit was so big and it was so well executed you know i feel like a you know it's not predictable but it can it can seem somewhat um I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. It just, it can seem, it can easily go wrong and, and just seem like, I don't want to say corny because it's so fucking impactful, you know, but it just seems like in concept, it has to be executed well. And I think Logic did that. Um, Alessia Cara and Khaled, of course, both sang their ass off. Uh, so impactful. Fuck, man. That's got to be my pick. I was going to say Despacito just because of sheer oversaturation and just how it being a fucking spanish song i mean despacito is like the only fucking spanish word that some of these white kids know you know or like fucking white girls in the valley and shit like they don't know spanish but they know fucking despacito right you would yeah you would think them are they're spanish-speaking bitches but i don't know and so when you have a song like that as well that that breaks through language barriers I feel like that's extremely impactful in itself. Um, issues, I it's not my pick, and I don't think it will be picked. By it's by Julia Michaels, um, but the way that she flowed over that instrumental was fucking sensational. So that gets like an honorable mention. Um, I'm gonna go with one eight hundred man for my pick. Logic suicide hotline song. And I'm going to go ahead and say that wins Song of the Year.
Y'all are fucked up if you pick Despacito. Um, no, I mean, I think it's between those two, but it's like, fuck, if you vote against the Suicide Hotline song, you know, uh, just with its sheer impact, you're fucked up, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. That's, I, that's my pick. I think that's also the pick. But if Despacito wins, I get it. Um, next is Brand New Artist. So we have... Alessia Cara, Khaled, uh, Lil Uzi Vert, Julia Michaels, and SZA. Um, fuck, this is difficult, man. I, I almost want to say that Alessia is kind of not going to be as, as considered as she would have earlier in the year. Because her buzz, I feel like, was very much at the beginning of the year. Her her rise career-wise, I think, is still on a insane upward trajectory. Um, she's insanely fucking talented. But I think as far as buzz, that was earlier in the year. And now this... Honestly, I guess my pick, although Khaled, just off of how unique his fucking voice is makes me want to choose him but i'm gonna have to go with my pick is lil uzi vert i mean that would just be so fucking dope to see and then i don't know i think the pick goes to SZA. no that's i I think it's too early for SZA. not personally but well yeah maybe even personally i think we have a lot more greatness to see from SZA and possibly you know her winning some shit next year um i'm gonna go ahead and say khaled khaled wins the pick but my my choice is lil uzi vert i think it would just be so dope to see just the contrast of best new artist being you know this this fucking controversial like you know hip-hop artist making rock music essentially you know uh rock pop I don't know, just some, I don't, what, what Lil Uzi's doing is sonically, is, with EXO Tour Life, I've never heard anything like it, at first I hated it, mind you, I did not like that fucking song, but after you hear it time and time again, and not even in the way that like, radio songs get stuck in your head, it's just like, I don't know, sonically I feel like you have to digest it, and then... And then it becomes all you want to hear. I don't know. What he did on that song was amazing. And what he's doing is fucking huge for hip-hop. Again, I feel like what what he's doing for hip-hop is very relatable to what Jay's doing for hip-hop. In that they're both expanding the genre. So Jay is expanding, you know, the, the genre age-wise, I guess. And just really opening it up for a whole new narrative but Lil Uzi is just kind of stretching what hip-hop is and that's beautiful in itself even if you don't fuck with his music I get it it's not for everyone um but what he's doing sonically for hip-hop I think is huge uh my vote is Lil Uzi I think Khaled takes it though um Probably just because his voice is so infectious and unique, and he's been all over the place. 
I mean, that fucking, what is his Marshmallow song? Uh, he has that song with the DJ Marshmallow. Silence? Song is fucking amazing, man. And that's just the most recent one. Um, so yeah, I think the pick is Khaled. My pick is Lil Uzi. Um, now best pop solo performance. All right, I kind of don't give a fuck about this, but I'm going to go ahead and run through it real quick. Um, Love So Soft by Kelly Clarkson, for sure. I've never heard it. Um, Praying by Kesha. I've never heard it, but I, I, I know like the sentiment that's kind of behind it with her label troubles and I believe sexual allegations, right? Against or sexual abuse allegations against the label head. Um, and then Million Reasons by Lady Gaga. Uh, what About Us by Pink and Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. I'm going to go ahead and say Shape of You wins just because it's been everywhere. And if you're judging by pop solo performance, I'm guessing just because you, I, I think I think it's clearly Shape of You. That's the pick. My pick is probably Praying by Kesha. I've never heard it, but just the sentiment behind it and her overcoming what she what she has overcame. Um, it's it's a huge win. I w- I feel like it would be a huge win for artists in general against labels, um, and just kind of a turning of the tides. So. I don't know. Shape of You, I think, definitely takes it, though. All right. Now, best pop duo slash group performance. Um, Something just like this, The Chainsmokers and Coldplay. I don't know why the other Chainsmokers song isn't on here. Um, The the Chainsmokers song with Halsey, that for sure would have been a better contender, at least to me. I think that song was fucking insanely dope. I'm a huge fan of Halsey, though. Just her voice is so fucking unique. And that rasp that she has is fucking amazing. But, um, so something just like this by the Chainsmokers and Coldplay. And then Despacito, again, by Luis Fonsi. Um, Thunder by Imagine Dragons. Feel It Still by Portugal the Man. And Stay by Zed and Alessia Cara. Fuck, man, this one is actually kind of difficult for me. Um feel it still i feel like is the underdog i would like to see win that song is insanely infectious and it's amazing that's like a clear show of the apple effect because that that being the song that is running with or running in the background of the iphone 10 ad is just huge I, i don't know if people associate it with the innovation or with the product but the apple effect is fucking real um stays just a dope song and alessia i'm rooting for her um i'm gonna have to say i think it's clear despacito takes this one and rightfully so i think this is the this is the the award that they take clearly um especially against these competitors um but my pick i kind of want to go for the underdog with philly still um I don't know. I feel like this is Despacito's topic or like the the fucking award to win. Um No, I'm gonna go for Despacito. Fuck the underdog. Uh Phyllis still is insanely infectious and dope though. So my pick's Despacito though.
and I think that is the pick. Um, now best pop vocal album. Fuck, I really don't know shit about this. Like I've never, I haven't listened to any of these albums. Uh, Kaleidoscope EP by Coldplay, Lust for Life by Lana. Um, I like some of her music, but I've really only heard the title track, and that's because of the weekend. Obviously, a huge fan. Well, I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast, but insanely huge fan of the weekend. So I naturally check that song out and I really like that song um but I haven't listened to the whole album what the fuck um and then Evolve by Imagine Dragons Rainbow by Kesha Joanne by Lady Gaga and Divide by Ed Sheeran um I think Ed Sheeran takes this I'm gonna go ahead and give my pick to Lana for the Lust for Life song um no knock to Ed though I feel like he's this is his moment and yeah, he he definitely wins this pop vocal album. Um, now, best dance electronic album. I'm really not fucking versed in that shit, so I don't even want to give my my fucking half ass pick for that. Um, let's see, best rock performance for sure. I do not even know half of them. Um. Alright, best alternative music album. I could do this one. Uh, Everything Now by Arcade Fire. Humans by Gorillaz. American Dream by LCD Sound System. Pure Comedy by Father John Misty. And Starboy by The Weeknd. Um, oh shit, hold on. I fucking read this wrong. Okay, so best alternative music album. For sure there's a fucking ad right in the way that separates the shit. Fuck this ad, man. Um, let me read that again. Best alternative music album. Everything Now, Arcade Fire, Humans, Gorillas, American Dream, LCD Sound System, Pure Comedy, Father John Misty, Sleepwell Beast, The Nation. I mean, I'm gonna go with Gorillas just off nostalgia. I fucking like that album as well, though. Um what was it, Saturn Bars, is fucking amazing, I mean, PopCon, like, again, it just, like, at at first, it took, like, the first five listens to even understand what the fuck he's saying, but it didn't matter, it just sounds so fucking dope over that instrumental, um, and then towards the end, when the singing comes in, it's just, it's just so spacey and fucking, I don't know, the gorillas doing gorilla shit, and it's, it's insanely nostalgic for me. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the gorillas. Um, and I'm thinking, I'm going to say Arcade Fire, everything now is going to be the pick. Could be Father John Misty, because I pure comedy, because I've heard, I've heard the name a lot. As you guys can tell, I'm not well versed in, in this shit at all. Um, my pick is Humans by Gorillas, though. And I'm going to go ahead and say Arcade Fire, everything now is the pick. Um, best, okay, now, best urban contemporary album, here we go, um, Free Black, Free Black by Black, um, Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, American Teen by Khaled, uh, Control by SZA, and Starboy by The Weeknd, okay, we gotta play the elimination game right now, so, first off is American Teen by Khaled, and Control by SZA, both amazing albums, um, and I love what both, what each artist is doing right now, um, but I think it's a little too early, 
I think these other guys are juggernauts. In all honesty, I think you could include Black in that category. That Free Black album was just huge for me personally. Um, I don't know, just fucking hearing it. And sonically, it was kind of, I feel like, a, in the best way, like a derivative of, of, um, what the fuck is his name? Bryson Tiller's uh, Trap Soul type music, you know? And I love, uh, Trap Soul was my shit, so, I don't know, Free Free Black is even more my shit, though, because it's like, it has that rasp, and that fucking, I don't know, just slow-ass instrumental, it's hard to explain, um, but Free Black was huge for me, fuck, man, I'm gonna have to say, god damn, Awaken My Love was amazing as well, um, this one's hard to pick for me and for the pick, fuck, I'm gonna go ahead and say for me, even though it's very close with, uh, The Weeknd Starboy, I fucking love what he did with that, his take on pop music, I almost feel like that can't be considered uh, urban contemporary, you know, it almost competes as pop more so, I feel like, uh, but I'm gonna go with Free Black, I think that's the underdog, and it was just hugely impactful for me, um, but probably, even if you check the replays, I think that's easily the most replayed in, in my, uh, music app, so, um, but as far as the pick, I feel like it's definitely between Awaken My Love and Starboy, um, it's very possible that either takes it, but I'm gonna go ahead and say the pick goes to, fuck, it's difficult, I wanna say Starboy, but I have a feeling it's Awaken, so I'm gonna go with my gut, I'm gonna, I'm, I feel like it's gonna go to Awaken My Love, it's gonna be like the, the fucking sleeper pick that everyone felt like Starboy would be the one, obviously, I want The weekend to win, um, but I don't know, man, my gut says Awaken, and my personal choice, Free Black, um, but again, I feel like it's, it's clearly too early, actually, now that I'm thinking about it somewhat more subjectively, it's clearly too early for Black, even more so than Khaled and SZA, um, but that's definitely still my pick, and yeah, I think Awaken My Love wins it, um, now best rap performance, okay, uh, Bounce Back by Big Sean, not too early in the year, and I don't feel like it, okay, let me, let me list them first, um, Bounce Back by Big Sean, Bodak Yellow, Cardi B, um, 444 by Jay-Z, Humble by Kendrick Lamar, and Bad and Bougie by Migos featuring Lil Uzi Vert, fuck, man, this is huge, um, Okay. Lil Uzi's verse on Bad and Bougie was huge. I feel like it was it was just so infectious. I I don't know. I don't think Bad and Bougie. Okay, so let me cut the bullshit. I think this is actually kind of clear. Um I think the pick goes to Bodak Yellow, clearly. I'm going to go ahead and say my pick is Humble by Kendrick. But 
I have all the love in the world for Cardi, and I want to see her succeed. So, I wouldn't be mad at all to be proven wrong. I almost hope that I am. But, no, fuck it, man. I'm going to go ahead and say Bodak is the pick, and that's my pick. I think that's just huge for hip-hop. Um, I love Humble. I want Kendrick to be acknowledged for it and for the album in general. I almost feel like I'm picking the moment rather than the body of work itself. But fuck, man. I'm going to have to say Bodak. And I think that's I think that's the pick and that's my pick. Um All right, now best rap album. 444 by Jay, Damn by Kendrick Lamar, Culture by Migos, uh Lila's Wisdom by Rhapsody and Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator. Uh, my pick, definitely the underdog. I'm going to go ahead and fuck. I want to say flower boy, man, but this is huge. I think it's definitely between 444 and damn. I think, I think damn wins, wins the actual pick. I think it's just, it was too popular for it not to beat out 444. Um, my pick goes. So I think Dam's going to win. And fuck. Picking Flower Boy over 444. And damn. That sounds crazy. But I'm going to go ahead and go with Flower Boy. I want to. Uh, that would be fucking amazing to see Tyler win that. And I think that would be huge for his artistry. He's doing huge things like reinventing himself and just growing on every album. Um, And I think it's actually quite slept on. Like he has a huge core following, but outside of that, I don't think it's really acknowledged. This this guy's putting out some amazing fucking shit. Um, Yeah, um, my pick's Flower Boy. I think Damn takes it though. Um fuck that's crazy yeah i think it's that's those are the picks though um best country solo performance i have no knowledge on that shit uh best country song best jazz vocal album fuck man um jazz instrumental album latin pop all right i think that's where oh i was gonna say that's where my knowledge ends but fuck it we'll go at producer of the year non-classical um the choices are Calvin Harris, Greg Kirsten, Blake Mills, No ID, and The Stereotypes. I think Calvin Harris clearly takes this. Um, My pick, I want to say, is No ID. Just for history's sake and for the culture's sake. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with, I think the pick is undoubtedly Calvin Harris, but my pick is No ID Um, for what he did with Jay and just the fucking, just what he's done, period. Um, All right, so I think that sums it up. Yeah, that's the end of the list that I have here. Um, Now we're on to a different list, still a list, but this one is much more street fashion clothing uh 
sneaker centric. So this is a uh, high snobiety crowns. And this is, they have a brief description here. So let me just read it to you. The high snobiety crowns are an annual award series celebrating the very best in streetwear and street culture over the past 12 months. All shortlists are chosen by the in-house editorial staff at High Snobiety, with the final result left up to you, the reader. Uh, every voter will be automatically entered to win one of two prizes. This year's grand prize is a $1,500 gift card with two runner-up gift cards valued at $500 each, uh, courtesy of luxury shopping destination Luis Luis. Aviaroma, um, it's all one word though. So Luis Aviaroma, <laughs> um, and then it says, "Stay tuned for the final results on December twenty first to see who won last, who won last year here." Uh, left up to you, the readers. So yeah, this is streetwear shit, sneaker shit, um, and they have some odd like, some odd categories, but I'm into it, um. So the first one being the best store of 2017. Kind of odd, I know. All right, so, and some of these I'm unfamiliar with, but I do have a pick. Um, So there is, the choices are great, spelled G-R-A. I'm not aware of that storefront. Um, Then there's Kith Manhattan, the most recently opened Kith store. Uh, Soul Box, Round 2 Hollywood, NYC, um, Essence, Maxfield, Colette, KM20, StockX, and Grailed. Um, I believe StockX and Grailed are odd as fuck, right? Because I don't, I don't even think they have storefronts. Um, but I briefly read over this. And they had mentioned that it was like the honorary honorary mention because they're they are um they are trendsetting the digital shopping age and shit like that. Grailed for sure. I mean Grailed's proving to be huger and huger in StockX. This has been their biggest year so far, so I get it. And I think it's dope that they include oddballs like that. Um I kind of just went through this topic just to say that my vote is Kith Manhattan. Um, just in support of the brand, the growth, uh, Ronnie in general. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I have been for quite a few years now. And uh, yeah, it's just dope to see them grow. Um, who do I think the readers will pick? I'm going to go ahead and say... Fuck, man. I don't know. What an odd topic, right? Storefront. I'm going to go ahead and say users will pick Kith Manhattan as well, just based off of popularity. Um, Colette would be kind of cool to win because I think they, the brand ended this year, right? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say my picks, Kith Manhattan, no doubt. And then uh, I think that'll win popular vote as well. All right. And then Lifetime Achievement Award 2017. And this was just a tribute, actually, to Gary Warnett, uh, who recently passed away. I believe he was battling some sort of disease or sickness. Um, and I still wanted to go through this because I wanted to briefly give 
my really my only impression of Gary or like where I had initially seen him and it was on a um complex end of the year uh sneaker video on YouTube and admittedly I I was not I didn't know who he was um but it was fascinating because my memory my you know my one memory of him was just how dope it was that he was so opinionated and he wasn't swayed by popular opinion and from my understanding that's was that was very much his role in sneaker culture as well he was huge in underground brands um so yeah rest in peace to gary warnett uh thank you for being a pioneer in the culture um I thought this was dope that they included this and it was, it was just kind of, yeah, a tribute to Gary. Um, so RIP Gary. All right. Now best fashion collaboration of 2017. Let's see. There was some big shit this year, some monumental shit for, for fashion in general. Um, all right. So the choices are Greg Lauren and Montclair. Um, Napa Pidri and Martine Rose, um, Gosha and Kappa, Junior Watanabe and the North Face, um, Cause and Uniqlo, Supreme and Louis Vuitton, uh, Rihanna and Puma, Kith and Nike, then Ready Made and Bape. And Vetema and Champion. Um, fuck, there. This was actually really fucking difficult. Um, admittedly, I don't know a couple of these. Like the, the designers. Um, but Cause was huge in its own right because seeing an artist on that level create affordable accessible clothing pieces i mean it was basic shit like you know just graphics you know just you know printed on a t-shirt and for that reason i was kind of put off by it but as far as the concept like i said for for such a prolific artist and an artist i'm a huge fan of to create um a affordable accessible collaboration with a huge retailer was was dope to see um but i think a lot of these their impact wise they far outweigh that so that kind of gets an honorable mention um fuck man kith and nike was huge i think that was very uh, a huge one personally for me because of what ronnie's done and, and just how big of a fan i am of ronnie um, but it was kind of watered down in my personal opinion because Nike is seemingly, you know, only reaching out to designers now in a time of desperation. Like I think I think the off white collaboration is apparent or is evidence of that and it's kind of apparent. Um just with declining stock i think nike is realizing it needs to change its strategy so it almost feels like it's on nike's terms and the collabs aren't nearly as genuine uh so that kind of fucks with me 
but you obviously see the caliber of work that's coming out, whether it be with this kid Nike collab or with um, obviously what Virgil's done with Nike. Um, so for that reason, for for that reason, I feel like Nike is reaching out in desperation to the designers and it's not as I don't know how you would even word it as heartfelt as I would want it to be like I want Nike to fucking reach out to Ronnie back in 2010 and at the height of shit you know not now fucking 10 years later now that you guys are fucked up and but then I'm thinking about it right now that's even more huge because Ronnie did some monumental shit in having Nike and Adidas in the same fashion show. That shit was huge, man. Fuck. Um, but because of its reflection on Nike and how I'm kind of upset with that and, and its time frame, I guess that one's out, but honorable mention again, um, this one's such a difficult one, man. Uh, the shit that Rihanna is doing with Puma, she's single-handedly carrying that brand. And straight out the gates, she's running with that shit. Um, what Rihanna's doing with that and her fucking, um, what is it, her Fenty line? That shit is huge, man. She's she's making waves, becoming a, a, a mogul. Like, yeah, a businesswoman right before our eyes. And it's dope as fuck to see. Um, but for that, like, it wasn't nearly as impactful, I think, as these other two collabs. So the Rihanna and Puma collab gets another honorable mention. Um, <laughs> fucking honorable mentions for everyone, right? Uh, no, but these these two, I feel like, are clearly the most impactful. And that being the Vent- Vetemont and champion collab and supreme and louis vuitton just because they both represent high-end collaborating in such a monumental way with with streetwear um and i don't know what vetema is doing in general for fashion and high-end is really dope i know it's extremely uh divisive but it's it's dope nonetheless uh i'm gonna go ahead and say the vetement and champion collab gets the honorable mention here and supreme and louis vuitton wins they they get my pick just based off of supreme being the embodiment of streetwear and them collaborating with louis vuitton is huge um it, don't get me wrong it does bother me all the fuckboy photos and i just hate where the clothing has went uh in that collab in specific it's kind of like obviously a show of status more so than styling it in a fresh way in general so that i don't fuck with but just in concept i fuck with this very like embodiment this collab being the embodiment of how far streetwear is going or how far it's come and where it's going its trajectory is huge and this was a definite like time stamp of that so for that reason it gets my pick um i think just off sheer popularity it also wins 
Um, yeah, tough fucking category though. So that was best fashion collaboration of 2017. All right, now best under the radar brand of 2017. Let's see. Um, under the fucking radar. Okay, Sunday. The options are Sunday School, uh, Double Rainbow, Eastwood Danso, Guntas, Cobra SC, Domestic, GFT, 1K Corp, AA Spectrum, and Jacob Kane. Um, fuck, man. I'm not too familiar with any of these, really. So I'm going to make this one quick. I'm going to go ahead and say just off the the two little product photos that they that they show here for each brand um and for sure that's not fair to the brand so go and check those brands out but i'm gonna go ahead and say jacob kane gets my vote and fuck man popular vote i don't know um eastwood danso i like the track pants (laughs) fuck i don't know man i was not familiar at all with those um Alright, now most influential person of 2017. This one is going to be extremely interesting. Alright, so we have ASAP Rocky, Matt Vyasic, Ronnie Feig, Raph Simmons, Jerry, Lo- Jerry Lorenzo, Virgil Abloh, Rihanna, uh, Demna Gavasalia, Kanye West and Travis Scott. Um fuck man, most influential. I think this one is clearly uh clearly Virgil. You know, there's a heavy competition and I want to I'm going to go ahead and say fuck man, should I Okay, so I think the pick is for sure Virgil Abloh. That's the the popular pick. Um, and well-deserved. I think the aesthetic of, of Off-White in general now is huge. And the collab with Nike is monumental. It's bigger than Nike. It's bigger than Off-White. It's just this moment in time. That shoe is huge. Um, and aesthetically, I think we'll see that ripple for years to come. Um, so, yeah, the popular pick is Virgil. I'm going to go ahead and say my pick goes to Ronnie. Just because of the shit that he's done this year with the fashion show. And, I mean, goddamn, all the collaborations. They they never stop. Um, that dude's a huge inspiration. Whether you like him or not, I feel like you have to respect the work ethic and uh yeah so my honorable mention or my pick rather goes to Ronnie Feig um but Virgil takes this one no doubt all right now best sneaker of 2017 um I think this pick is obvious for popular pick 
Jabari. The choices are Sean Wetherspoon with his Nike Air Max 91 slash 1. Um, undefeated Nike Air Max 97. I don't know if that's the specific colorway. The colorway that they have listed is the Gucci colorway. So the black, the olive, and the red and white. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's, I, I'm assuming it's that specific colorway, not just the collab in general. Um, the Balenciaga Triple S. No, this is probably just, yeah, this is best sneaker. Okay, so the colorway is irrelevant, I guess. Um, so any in the pack of Undefeated and Nike Air Max 97, uh, the Balenciaga Triple S, the Alex Studio and Vans collaboration, the Nike Air Force 107 all over swoosh pack. What the fuck? How is that in here? Um, Travis Scott and Nike Air Force One, Adidas Original, Calabasas Power Phase. Again, what the fuck? Um, Pata, Vans Old School, Mean Eyed Cat. I don't think I've ever heard of that shit until now. Um, Adidas Futurecraft 4D. Uh, the 11 by Boris Bijan Saberi and Solomon Bamba 2. Uh, for sure they get longest collaboration name. Um, then Hender Scheme, Adidas Originals, Micro Pacer. I feel like that's a season too late. Uh, or a couple years too late, rather. Um, Stussy, New Balance 990. Uh, Cause Air Jordan 4. Uh, Virgil Abloh, Nike Air Jordan 1. Parlay for the Oceans and Adidas Ultra Boost. Our Legacy, Vans Half Cab. Virgil Abloh, Nike Air Presto, <laughs> it might just have the whole fucking pack in here, I don't know, let's see, um, Yeezy Wave Runner 700, uh, Gucci Ace, Tyler the Creator Converse, Golf Le Fleur, um, Raph Simmons, and Adidas Originals, Oswego 3, Bunny, Norse Projects, Adidas Consortium, Terex, Agra, Agravic, um, Comedy Garçon, Homie Plus, Nike Dunk High, um, Nike Air Max 1 OG, University Red, Comme des Garçons, Nike Air Vapor Max, Balenciaga Speed Trainer, Nike Craft, Tom Sachs, Mars Yard Shoe 2.0, uh, Fila Disruptor, it's dope that they have that on here, for sure dope, um, shout out to you editors on High Snobidey, um, Nike Air Zoom Vaporfly SP, and the supreme nike air more up tempo uh for sure the longest list but and a lot of these are fucking unnecessary really you can narrow it down to like four or five um so again best sneaker of 2017 my pick goes to i would like to say the disruptor just because it's such a niche shoe and it embodies, I think, like the aesthetic of, you know, current popular dad sneakers, I guess. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say my pick is, fuck, man, what Tyler's doing with that golf LaFleur is fucking gorgeous. Um, the Wave Runner's dope. The Easy Wave Runner. Um... You know what, my honorable, or my pick, fuck, 
yeah, my pick goes to Adidas Futurecraft 4D, just based off of Adidas using that 4D printing technology that is, I think, going to be huge in the future. It's going to be just like knits that we see. It's going to be in on every shoe from every shoe brand. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just dope technologically what it represents for footwear. Um, and then I think the popular pick will undoubtedly be the Virgil Nike Air Jordan 1. Um, for sure, you guys could have shortened up this list, though. I mean, fuck. Was that like 50, 50 fucking options? Is that the last three months of releases? Jesus Christ. Um, honorable mention actually also goes to the Raph Simmons and Adidas Originals Oswego 3 Bunny. Uh, it doesn't have to be that colorway in general. I actually like the black and navy and like olive colorway better. Um, but that being said, I just feel like it is the dad shoe aesthetic, the most popular sneaker in the dad shoe aesthetic before this year that now dad shoes are blowing up which is dope i'm not hating on it i'm not someone that hates on that aesthetic i like the disruptor just as much well maybe not just as much but i do like its bulky aesthetic um same goes for the 700 wave runner um so i'm not hating on it i'm just paying homage to the ones to popularize it i feel like so yeah my pick goes to the Adidas Futurecraft 4D. Shit is amazing what they're doing over there at Adidas. And uh, I think the popular pick is Virgil Abloh, Nike Air Jordan 1. Uh, that's for sure. That's probably the easiest pick. They could have for sure narrowed that shit down. Goddamn. Um, all right. Now next is the most relevant brand of 2017. Most relevant. Fuck. What does that even mean? Right. Um. All right, the choices are Supreme, Nike, Adidas, Gucci, Vetement, Off-White, uh, Balenciaga, Stone Island, Palace, and Vans. Um, Fuck, man. I mean, you could say, just off-rip, you could say Vans because they're, like, a who would have imagined that in a shoe market dominated by overpriced ass designer sneakers that just have some of the laziest designs that you would have a $40 shoe be just as popular or more popular for what the fuck am I saying vans are everywhere um I think that gets an honorable mention though their feelings will get hurt with this list uh I don't think why is Nike even I, I personally feel like why is Nike even considered the most relevant brand of 2017? Like, don't get me wrong. That's not to shit on Nike. They just definitely do not compete in this field. Like, their buzz is, is at, I feel like it's declining. But at best, it just stayed stagnant because I feel like it took a loss uh, in the beginning of the year and throughout the, the majority of the year. But now towards the end, they have gained a little back. Um, admittedly, but I have no beef with Nike. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it's like most relevant. Uh, no, not really. And I feel like that's shocking to people to say, but really in that context, like it, it's obvious, you know, that should not even be on this list. Um, Adidas 
definitely more likely to be well adidas deserves to be on this list just because of and and i'm not a fanboy for either i i like to say i'm kind of in the middle very objective with my taste um but i yeah adidas definitely more so deserves to be on here um they've only inclined this year this has been their biggest year fucking ever well no that's that's kind of crazy to say but it has continued um their their huge incline in their brand growth and just popularity um yeah adidas definitely deserves to be on here and should be on here um fuck man off-white being most relevant I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Vetemont, just what they're doing. Um, these odd collaborations, this unique design, fucking with the form factor of clothing. I don't know. I, it's it's hard to understand, and it's random as fuck sometimes, but it's it's fascinating to me uh, nonetheless. So that's my pick. But I think popular pick is Supreme. Um, and, and rightfully so. I don't think that's just based off hype. Don't get me wrong. Hype has a lot to, to do with this list and, and a lot of these lists. But um, I think it's rightfully earned for Supreme. This has been a fucking huge year. Uh, so most relevant. I get it. I think that definitely is the popular pick. Um, all right. Now I think we have last topic. The best breakthrough brand of 2017 and the choices are adversary board crystals a cold wall 032c kappa gmbh alex studios palm angels martin rose Abasi Roseboro and Adder Error. Um, Alright, so best breakthrough brand. Um, I want to say a cold wall, but I don't think they've necessarily broken through. I know they have a, a strong following, but a small following. It's like a small core following, and I love the shit that they're doing aesthetically it's it's some of my biggest inspiration um their shit is dope as fuck i just think it's again kind of with the vet them all it's just what it embodies is this unique aesthetic this different aesthetic and it's not just i don't know it's just fascinating to see i it's it's radical design and i fuck with it um my pick is a cold wall uh popular pick I think is it's very possible that it's 032C in all honesty and even Kappa. I've seen Kappa fucking everywhere. Um my pick again definitely goes to cold a cold wall. I'm biased though. Um I think I want to give an honorable mention to Alex Studios. I like what they're doing and they were originally going to be who I think the popular pick was going to be but now looking at it and thinking back on how much i've seen kappa in the past fucking couple months alone i'm gonna go ahead and say kappa over 032c and alex studios 
I think Kappa is the popular opinion, and uh, my pick is A Cold Wall. So that is it for lists, guys. Now I wanted to get into some news on Frank Ocean and him supposedly finishing his or having already finished his next album, which is huge for it to be any less than fucking five years, let alone what, like one year, two years. Um, and so that being the, the article is, or the news that was circulating rather was from Frank posting on his Tumblr. Um, I quote, well, I made the album before 30. I just ain't put that bitch out. Quotes from an interview I haven't given. Ha ha. Um, well, that's dope, Frank. I'm glad he fucking has. An, okay, hold on. I didn't even know this. Okay, so it says, it seems our boy Frank is referencing an old tweet from his, of his from April 2012. What the fuck? For sure fix your grammar. That wasn't me, guys. That's what the fucking article says. It says, referencing an old tweet of his from, oh, no, that's just my defunct fucking reading skills. So, fuck you, education. Um, <laughs> so, of his from April 2012, where he writes five albums before 30. Although he turned 30 exactly a month ago, he specifies this new album, his fifth, was made before his birthday. Stay tuned for more details on Frank Ocean's unnamed fifth album and revisit his most recent song provided below. Um, for sure didn't read, need to read that last part, but um, that's fascinating. And it's dope that maybe his old tweet is what got us another album, right? Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Frank. He's just endlessly talented, pun intended. Um, I don't know, man. Dope. I'm extremely excited. Hopefully this this obviously means we'll see it next year. Um in all honesty though, it's fucking this rollout of music and just the overconsumption fucks me up because artists are accommodating to it and rightfully so, but with Endless being its own fucking odd, like abstract type album, and then obviously blonde, that's so much fucking material and I don't know. I feel like Frank has a following that dissects music and will thoroughly listen to the music. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm not necessarily that worried in this case, but I feel like for the masses, a lot of the art will go overlooked just because we're already ready for the next album. Like, fuck, he made us wait, what, like, goddamn five years before um, or so it felt like. But I'm excited, guys. I'm excited to hear he has another album ready for us, even if it was just by him trying to, you know, meet the standard of his earlier tweet. Fuck it. We got another album out of it. And uh, I want to hear anything from from Frank Ocean. Um, but I also wanted to parlay that into how interested I was in his merch. Um, so it was for Black Friday that he released uh it was a lot of endless based merch 
and there was what a a vinyl I believe a cassette which is dope in itself but then a fucking VHS like a VHS bro that shit was so dope to me I mean I, I just, yeah, I just wanted to give that a shout out. I hope if you guys are fans, I hope you were able to copy it. I almost pulled the trigger. It was reasonable. I think it was like, what, like under 20? I think, which sounds fucking crazy for a VHS in 2017. But just in concept, that's so fucking dope, man. Um, and And the cover art was fucking gorgeous. Like, I don't know. Shouts out to Frank on that shit. Uh, if you guys bought any of it, the vinyl, the VHS, I believe there was a cassette, but specifically the VHS, like, let me know, let me know if you were aware, um, and would you cop if you didn't know about it, I think that's so dope for an artist, just, I don't know, it's just mad unique, um, all right, now next, I wanted to touch on, what was it, uh, Sihai, a quote that he had in a interview with, I believe it was Sway. It was a Sway in the Morning interview. Um, it was interesting to me and very thought provoking. He mentioned, uh, we put too much stock in the kids. Kids are not going to be thinking like kids for more than six years. That's why I feel like so much is lost when you're trying to cater to them. Uh, and then he said, God willing, you're an adult for 40 plus years. So kind of just giving his explanation to why he doesn't cater to the, you know, a youthful sound. And I think that's fascinating. I've never heard it worded like that. And I think that perfectly sums up why when you cater to a current sound, the shit plays out quick, you know, and, and it's weird how we are with nostalgia and music. Because when you hear a, I don't know if a T-Pain song is the best example. Um, let's say any, any pop song from fucking, what, 2005. Like you hear it and nostalgia hits and you're excited. But it doesn't make you go back and listen to that person's body of work. Like you're almost ashamed. Like, fuck, this is what I was into in 2005. You know, it's almost like shameful in a weird fucking way. Um, so I don't know. I just thought this was fascinating and I wanted to share it with you guys. I think, yeah, it, and it explains why you need to, you know, just make your art and don't, you know, don't be too influenced, I guess, by the current sound. Cause I think this will apply directly to all of the quote unquote mumble rap that we're hearing right now, this wave of a dime a dozen face tatted lils you know um it's gonna the next fucking the next five years uh, and and even more specific uh, the fucking next two years i think are gonna be fascinating to see how this music ages um because i don't know i feel like face tats are becoming a marketing ploy like not even a marketing ploy but just marketing in general right you get a fucking bizarre face tat. I mean, now they're more and more becoming the norm, but still, I think it's it's marketing to a lot of people, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how this shit ages. Um, 
And by shit, I don't mean shit. Like, I fuck with, admittedly, I fuck with some of the shit. Not even in concept, but when you throw it on, you realize how hard it hits and just the flows over it are something dope. Like, it's something special, like, the way people flow over the shit. So, um, so, I don't know. That was just food for thought. I thought Sci High perfectly summed it up. Um, and I had never heard it worded like that. Alright, so, lastly, I wanted to, I guess, kind of give a shout-out to Kanye and... What I mean by that is it was recently theorized and I guess revealed, uncovered, if you will, that Kim has been wearing Yeezy Season 6. And uh, like every look, every look that she's been out in public has been Yeezy Season 6. And it's obviously more recently it's been confirmed by her because she posted like a a mass of pictures to her social media um and and saying you know and and before she had alluded to it by saying you know the caption reading yeezy and that was it and shit like that so kind of cryptic shit but kind of not um and it's kind of not it's not something you would predict because it's like obviously you're going to be wearing not only yeezy but some likely it's it's likely that you're going to be wearing some unreleased easy i mean yeah you're the dude's fucking wife right but i think it's fucking genius and insanely inventive marketing or strategic marketing just to have your wife you know largely just the most popular individual in the world i would i would say right now um well that might be a stretch i mean donald's giving her a run right um but fuck so regardless she's one of the top five for sure uh most popular people whether it be you know whether you hate her or you love her you have an opinion on her and that in itself you know speaks so i just think it's insanely smart to because because we had heard rumblings that he was gonna have the season six fashion show i believe it was at it was definitely his most recent fashion week i believe it was new york fashion week um but then there were rumors that it got canceled and thinking about it now it is possible that shit you know shit did get fucked up in the planning or some shit like that and this was like a last minute scramble so maybe the shit that I'm labeling as genius is actually just fucking like, hey, Kim, go. everyone's looking at you. Go throw this shit on. I fucking, my show fell to shit, you know. <laughs> Who the fuck knows, man? But um, even if that's the case, just in concept, I think this shit is insanely dope. Because we had heard rumors, mind you, if this is planned, we had heard rumors that the season six show was supposed to happen in New York uh, a couple months ago. And then there were rumors that it got canceled or, you know, some shit had happened and it wasn't going to happen. And now you just like, without advertising it, but still advertising it, you have her wearing 
all of these pieces and she is like with all due respect she's like the perfect billboard you know and this is new generation marketing at its best um i don't know i'm likely gassing this up more than it deserves to be but i just thought it was dope in concept and obviously who the fuck is gonna argue with more more kim kardashian looks like come the fuck on um yeah like come on b um (laughs) but i don't know i just thought it was insanely dope so and and smart maybe i'm gassing it up you let me know what did you guys think of it do you think it's smart do you think it was obvious do i have rose-colored glasses on you know uh but i believe that concludes the podcast um I hope you guys are doing amazing. We are going to kick this week's ass. Sorry this one's a bit late. Um, But as promised, I did not miss a Monday. So, with that being said, I love you guys. You're all fucking amazing. Um, Thank you for supporting in whatever capacity. Uh, You'll be hearing from me soon.